sometimes I get done with some of those songs. I want to preach like a message that doesn't even go with the message. Because they all have a message. I don't care what song you sing or how it's sung. Every song has a message if it is filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And so, thank you. And uh, I, I think I dressed appropriately for today, being that uh, it's hot outside. And uh, nothing else. Yeah. All right. Sometimes I forget to turn my mic on here. Here at our church, we do the Bible decree. Let's take our Bibles and hold it nice and high. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Hallelujah. I was going through some pictures my wife had sent me today and I love, you know, this, this is my Bible college book. And I know I tell you guys that all the time because I'm really proud of this book. But who wouldn't be proud of their Bible, right? But look at it. But I, 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 today when I was studying this morning out on the porch, I, I was going through some pictures and I saw that, oh, and here's the pen I left there today. <laughs> I forgot I left that in there. And, uh, but anyhow, just to hold God's word, you know, next to your heart, the place where, you know, we, we exhibit the fruits of the Spirit and we... we we house the Lord. He says once we accept him as Lord and Savior, we accept him into our heart and into our life. And Donnie, how many years has it been? This is the week of alive you got saved three years ago. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it's his birthday. And, uh, you know, so alive is going on this weekend. And it, it's exciting because, you know, people get saved and lives are changed. And then you take the word and you grow in that word. That's what's exciting. And uh, so, kids, you are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. And um, head to the back on the right side. So uh, you are dismissed. The topic that I'm going to be speaking about today is probably one that many of us have dealt with. Uh, I think we can make it somewhat personal for many of us because we deal with being bullied. So last night, last evening, I, I, was, I was going through my message trying to figure out how I was going to pull this together. And, you know, bullying has brought tragedy to so many. People have taken their lives, committed suicide. How many of you remember the story about the 15-year-old girl? Her name was Amanda Todd. Amanda Todd was bullied. She ended up uh, being bullied by her peers. She ended up putting uh, a picture on the Internet that she was topless. Well, after that, the kids started saying things about her, and then she did this little video and on that video, it says that she felt she was beautiful, and then it turned to her being ugly and some of the hardship that she went through. And unfortunately, one month later, after she made this video, she took her life. Fifteen years old. And you, you ask yourself this question, how does this happen? So in this room, in the sanctuary, we have this picture over here that says, it is well with my soul. But the question I, I ask you this morning, is it truly well with your soul? How do you feel about your relationship with God? Let's make it personal. We came to church today not just to have a religious experience, but to fall deeper in love with Christ and to have that relationship with Him. And whatever you've gone through this week might just be uh, what's the word? Uh, 
reflective of what happened last week or what went on in your life. I want you to know that it doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter how they treat you. There is hope in a Savior, and His name is Jesus. So we preach about Jesus. We talk about Jesus. But I realize the big question is this. What should we as Christians do? What should we do as a church? What should we do in response to a tragedy such like this where people put you down? We've been in marriages where abuse was just prominent in that relationship. So I'm going to go back to to my childhood. And right out of the womb, I was bullied by that girl right there. My twin sister. Don't let her kid you. Then we grow up and we're different. And our lives are different. And we go through being bullied in the workplace. And I remember being in, in high school. And I remember just some of the things. You know, think about it, guys and girls alike. If you aren't like this group over here that you're trying so hard to become, they put you down. They make you feel worthless. That you're not important. That that your whole life doesn't matter. Even in sports, just because John Boy was athletic and Todd Boy wasn't doesn't mean that we're different because we are created in our parents' womb, in our mother's womb, to be like Christ. Where we miss it is we listen to those things. Why is it people can say 50 great things about you, but say one negative thing and you dwell on it like it's the truth and they lied to you? They never told you the truth. They put you down. See, here's the problem with a bully. A bully wants to manipulate you to become like him. To conform to that image. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you're in the Word of God, you'll be transformed by living a life in Christ. Where we start to miss it in our daily walk is we're not walking. We listen to all the talking, but we never do any of the walking. And so what's happening in in the text that I'll be visiting today... We realize that we've allowed the world and its ignorance and its hate to destroy the inner core of who we are. As a marriage coach, I have people come to me and they'll say to me, you know, Pastor, I can't live with this individual. Well, I can't either. I get it. And the worst part for me is to have somebody look me in the eye and say, I ain't changing. I'm good just the way I am. Well, then I'm going to tell you the next part, but you'll be good alone. Because what happens is that mean, self-centered, inconsiderate, mean, angry person wants you to become just like them. On the way here today, I asked my wife, I said, where have you been picked on? The first thing she said, I, the first thing that's happened to me, I was bullied in the church. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 
And, and, and I can just remember, I remember this woman. And some of you have heard this story before, but I remember this lady who, we're teenagers, I'm 15, she's 16. I'm 49, she's 50. Okay, I just done. I'm bullying her right now, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, back when we were youth, I remember a lady grabbing a hold of my wife's arm, and I'm like, what? I witnessed this, visualized it, saw it myself. This lady grabs a hold of my wife's arm, says, come with me, as my wife is being drugged by this lady all the way down to the church office and says to her father, which is the pastor, tell your daughter to get that lipstick off. She looks like a whore. And I'm glad you have that same lipstick on today because, woman, you look gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) What? Are you kidding me? I'm 16 years old. 16 years old. And the pastor says to me, I don't like the way that you ask people to stand. The fluctuation in your voice doesn't allow people to feel like they're coming together as a group. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, you need to say it like this. Well, all of you, you may not know this, but I started with getting irritable bowel back in my youth. Because before I even hit the platform, I was afraid of how I might say, oh, better make sure my standards right, better make sure my look is right. Better make sure my tie, my pinstripe suit, and everything is in the place that it should be. And cue the music. I felt like I was on So You Think You Could Dance. May I invite all of you to stand. And please, turn in your hymnal. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> Good job. Not that we talked about this. And, uh, and uh, so now, turn in your hymnal to page 495, Drinking at the Springs of Living Water. Drinking at the springs of living water. Happy now am I, my soul. Did, did I get this right? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on just a minute. Now you need to take some classes because see if it's a 4-4 four, four beat, it's 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 1 and 2 and... Are you... What is going on here? Now, Todd, there's something else we need to talk about. I don't like the way you part your hair. The hair needs to be parted on this side, and, and your suit has to look this way, and you have to have a stripe of tie. If you have any other tie, if it's any brighter than it should be, then all of a sudden you're going to draw attention to yourself, and you're not drawing attention to the Lord. Oh, help me. I was exhausted. I can't believe I'm even in the ministry today. But I will tell you this, that I am no longer a slave to sin, for I am a child of God. So today I got up and I said, I'm putting a tie on. I'm going to wear my shirt out and I'm going to dress how I want to dress today. Come on, brother. I like these guys in the front row. Because growing up, I was bullied. I was bullied by the man that was supposed to mentor me. How does that happen? Now, I understand that when you go through the school of hard knocks, and for some of you service people, when you go through training and and boot camp, they crush you to where you're so low that all of a sudden you have a sense of pride. Oh, 
my, 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 my. We shouldn't be like that. We're here to let people know that we are light to a lost, dark world. So my whole life has truly been a bunch of adversity. But I realized that in my adversity that I had to come to a place when I felt rejected by man, I had God's protection. So man's rejection is God's protection. And I had to realize that if God be for me, who shall be against me? Right? And so we realize that the enemy is after us in the workplace to put people over us to destroy the integrity and character of your spiritual life. And I want you guys to know that people laugh because I know I say all the time, you are highly favored. You're a winner, not a whiner. You're a victor, not a victim. You're a child of the Most High God. You have favor. I know I say it over and over and over and over because church, I believe it. And I believe that you have so much potential, not in us, but in Christ. So I get to this place where many of us can say, yes, we have been made fun of. We have been teased. We have been bullied. And we realize that bullying isn't new. As long as there have been people, there have been bullies. One of the most well-known stories in the Bible is a story of bullying found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David and Goliath. Man, I love that story. Goliath kept going out and he was intimidating, 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 intimidating all of the children of Israel. They were afraid of this dude. Until that little shepherd boy comes out. And he proves to them that I don't care how big you are. I don't care how mighty you think you are. God is on my side, and I'm taking you down. And so that's exactly what happened. So we realize in 2 Samuel chapter 17 that David slew Goliath with those five stones and a slingshot. It's such a night. And then I stopped and I started to reflect upon the life of Christ. There he was in the wilderness. Right after he got baptized, how many of you noticed he baptized people and peace were gone? Here's why. Because in the, in the covenant that we make through baptism, you're baptized in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in the newness of life. What happens, we don't walk in the newness of life because we don't believe he's the resurrection in life. Let me stop right there. I believe you believe. I believe your desire is to walk in the newness of life. But as soon as you step out of that water, you step right back foot onto this world. We have Satan and his demons who are after us. So Jesus says, I'm going to take my 40 days. I'm going to go to the wilderness. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek God's face. And it was during that time that Satan swooped in the bully and said, you're nothing. You'll never make it. People don't believe that you're, you're, you're the Messiah. They think you're the rabbi. They think you're just a teacher. And he said, oh, no, do you know who I am? Oh, I'm a big deal. I'm the son of the most high God. And I have power on earth. Get behind me, Satan, for thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. 
see we're all faced with this. What do we do in the midst of this? How long has this been going on forever? Watch this. How many of you guys remember this? Watch closely. Okay, so now we notice there's Opie being bullied. It goes right back to 1960 was when that was aired. And so right then he believed everything that that bully had to say, that you'll knock my block off. You'll take control of my life if I don't. So he surrendered to that. Oh, no, he didn't. You watch this. Because then all of a sudden Opie gains courage, the courageous young man. What'd you think of that? See, there you go. Praise the Lord. What did I get from that? I'm going to put it into spiritual perspective. Hey, church, when you start believing what somebody says in this building about gossip, about backbiting, about being a talebearer, about putting you down and putting others down in your pastor's wife and his family. 
then you're not stepping outside that faith. You're not standing firm on your feet to take on the world who's asking you to step further. You, my wife, my girls, you, 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 you. Is that the truth? So the moral of that story was this. Knock this off my, my shoulder. He does it. And if you'll start noticing the steps, he said, listen, I'm going to stand firm on strength. When we walk in Christ and we do not allow the flesh to manifest its characteristics and we walk in the spirit and allow Christ to manifest himself to us, then we start walking in truth. And people start seeing Christ in us. I love what it says here in the scriptures in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 says this, and we read it in small group. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, listen, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So I'm going to ask you this this question. What is bullying? What is bullying to you? Bullying is characterized by acts of intentional harm repeated over time. In a relationship where an imbalance of power exists, it includes physical actions, punching, kicking, biting, verbal actions, threats, name-calling, insults, racial or sexual comments, and social exclusion. One spreading rumors, ignoring, gossiping, excluding one another. Wow. A feeling of abandonment, a feeling of alienation, A feeling of rejection. Wow. Say this with me. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a child of the Most High God. Man, isn't that a good feeling? Let's remind ourselves of that. And it doesn't matter what was said of you. You are walking in the newness of Christ. Listen to these statistics. A study on bullying by the University of British Columbia based on 490 students that were half female and then half male in grades 8 through 10. 
64% of kids had been bullied at school. 72% observed bullying at school at least once in a while. 40% tried to intervene. 64% considered bullying a normal part of school life. 25 to 33% said bullying is sometimes okay and or it is okay to pick on losers. 61 to 80% said bullies are often popular and enjoy high status among peers. One in five teens have witnessed online bullying. 51% of all teens have had negative experience with social networking. 16% said someone posted an embarrassing photo of them. And then cyberbullying statistics. When someone is bullied online, what this means, 90% of parents are familiar with cyberbullying. 73% are concerned about it. And two in five parents report their child has been involved in cyberbullying incidents. Wow. Now I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind. You know when that study was done? In 1990. Crazy, isn't it? 20 years ago, that was the statistics. I got up this morning and said, oh, I'm going to find out the statistics for today. I didn't even want to look. Because it doesn't matter. Because if I were to do the statistics in this room, I think nine out of ten people have been bullied in here. And if you've been the one bullying, you need to come to the altar and confess of your sins. We've got to realize that this is something that's happening in the church and outside the church. And if we don't put a stop to it, who's going to? You know, people bully me all the time. You know what a man told me once? We were driving down the road, and this was about nine years ago, and he looked at me and he said, uh, I go, man, I love that SUV. That's gorgeous. I'd love to have one of those. And he looked, right, he looked at me and said, you'll never drive one of those. What did you just say? Wait a minute. Let's, let's rewind this tape. We're driving down the road, and all of a sudden... I looked over and saw this SUV, and I said, I would like to have one of those. And as we were traveling down the road, he looked over at me and said, you'll never drive one of those. A pastor can't drive an Escalade. I went and bought myself an Escalade. That's exactly what I did. Wait a minute. Was he bullying me? Why was it that I was in his $65,000 Toyota Tundra truck with big fat rims and big gold tires that were knotted and cost probably more than my house. Why is that okay? But it's not okay for the pastor. Oh, preacher, you should never live in this house. So one day we were on social media, and, and I'm just throwing this out there because I'm letting you know I've lived this. This has been real for me. I've been bullied in school since I was a child, and I'm still getting bullied as a pastor in this current day and time. I'm scrolling down through Facebook. There's a picture of Joel Olstein's house, his compound, and then there's people in apartments. It says, when your pastor lives in this and your parishioners live in this, which is apartment buildings. And so I just kept scrolling. And, you know, first of all, on defense, on behalf of Joel Olstein, I would like to say the man has wrote a book. And if I write a book and it gets over 5 million, 15 million, 20 million copies that were sold. If I got a buck out of that, are you telling me that I'm not worthy of the profit that comes from it, but you are? 
So if the man doesn't take an income, but God's blessing him because he wrote a book, I think we've lost our perspective. We want to put down the people that God's using. That's not our job. We're not here to point fingers. We're here to rejoice. But there's a time when people have told me, Pastor, I got this new car that I don't go out and sit in it because I love vehicles. I'm not making that my God. I just love cars. So, yes, you guys know that, that I have, over the years I've gotten different cars because I like cars. But I work hard. I clean a lot of toilets to get the cars I drive, okay? This is my passion. And, Kimberly, thank you for saying that today on Facebook. But as I go back to that on Facebook, he didn't want to hear the message. He just left. Um, that was just a joke. Uh, so, but when I, when I hear and read some of the things that are on Facebook, it's unbelievable. So I went back to that post. And in that post where they had the mansion and the apartments, and they were trying to slam Joel Olstein and pastors, the Holy Spirit started talking to me. And I was about 50 posts down, and I went back to that post. And when I went to the post, I thought, I'm just going to look at the comments. And when I hit comments underneath there, it said in big, bold letters, Todd Crockett. Well, I want you guys to know that if you haven't been to my $1 million home overlooking the Grand Canyon with the, the airstrip in the backyard that is just beautiful with traffic that just goes down through it, and they part the way when I bring my 747 jet in and I get off after I just preached in Africa and around the world, you've missed out. Oh, sorry, that ain't me. Anyhow, but it's the interstate behind my house that I get to hear. That's what I get to hear. It wasn't no airstrip. But, but why are we like that? Because jealousy creeps in and then sin starts to take place in our life. But if people work hard for what they get in life, why are people putting other people down? Why are they bullying? I can tell you, I've been bullied as a pastor. You can't have that. You're not worthy of that. Oh, yes, I am. You know who I am? I'm a big deal. I'm a child of the Most High God. And I claim it right here, right now, in front of this whole congregation. Hallelujah. And I will also say that in the Bible, it says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Yeah. I do look at some Maseratis, and I've looked at some fast stuff, but I didn't get to heaven, I guess. But I mean, it is what it is. And uh, that means I'd have to have 75 more toilets to clean. I say all that to say, I rejoice in what God is doing in your life and what, how God is using you. I want to play this video, and then this message is going to be very short because I'm going to go right to the point. I love this video. It's called Hero. It's by Super Chick. And I love the depiction of what bullying is about and what takes place in the life of people being bullied. Church, can we put a stop to it? Can we put a stop to looking what other people have rejoice and, and what God is doing and, and say, dude, it's awesome. Instead of always saying, why them? But just to know that everything you get to do, everything that you get to see live out is just watch this story about what teenagers go through and adults go through.
Just his doesn't know he's a leader with the way he behaves and others will follow the choices he's made he lives on the edge he's old enough to decide his brother who wants to be him is just nine he can do what he wants because it's his right the choices he makes change a nine-year-old's life heroes are made when you make a choice Church, I'm here to tell you that you are a hero. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a hero. You've made great choices to excel. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. See, this is why I can't get rid of this Bible. I said Matthew 5, open right to it, right to that text. And uh, I, I love my Bible. I like what it says here in verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, and if the salt has lost its flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast down, to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, on a lampstand. 
gives light unto all that are in the house. My favorite verse of all times in verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and to glorify your Father which is in heaven. That they may see your good works and to glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus wants us as Christians to go into the world with his love and make a difference. He wants us to be salt. Salt is a preservative. It keeps food from going bad. And light, light shines into the, into the darkness, represents good deeds that we do in love. The world is a dark, hopeless place and needs to see the light and goodness of Jesus Christ. But if the salt has lost its flavor, why is it that we have let people destroy your potential, my potential? I'm going to do part two next week because of time. But as I close, I'm going to share this story with you. I love let your light so shine before men. And I want you to leave today and I want you to know that there's hope in Jesus Christ. But I remember back when I was at Victory Acres Christian Camp. I remember a bunch of the guys saying this to me. You know what we're going to do in the middle of the night? We're going to go over there and we're going to take Johnny who was crippled. We're going to take him... And while he's sleeping, we're going to slowly take him off of his mat. And we're going to take him out and put him and lock him in the front shed. I said, no, you're not doing that. They go, what did you just say? I said, yeah, we're not going to do that. Who do you think you are? You don't do that to anybody. I thought we were a Christian camp. Then we're supposed to pour love into people and accept them. Do you understand that most of us that are here need hope in Christ? We're supposed to walk away from this week being different than the person we walked in being. Oh, they got mad. They were mad at me. And I didn't realize until in the middle of the night I felt something moving. Who was moving? I was. They had picked me up slowly and made it almost to the pond. How did that make me feel? How did that make me feel? Why is it that in every setting I go to, every setting that, man, I'm just trying to be the one who's the courageous kid who's trying to stand up for somebody and you're going to do what with me? You're going to throw me in the pond and you think this is funny? In the midst of the pain and of the tragedy, we have a difficult time understanding why someone would do that to us. But I want you to know that with all that going on, I was able to see some of these boys saved and their lives changed. Because it was because of that and a good counselor that we all sat down and we talked and figured out what some of the issues were. And some of those boys that were bullied wanted to turn around and do the same thing. We are not going to let this continue. And church, I know you walked in here. We all come from different walks of life and, and we all have different paths. Some of you have a high education. 
Others didn't even graduate from high school. It's okay. It's all right. Because you see, the Bible says in Corinthians that we all have different gifts. And those gifts are irrevocable. And whatever it is you have in your life or however God's using you, you let him use you in that capacity. And as you do that, you'll spread your wings, you'll fly, and you'll be exactly who God created you to be. Don't let any situation or person allow you to stay stifled without running the great race that God has put before each and every one of us. We have a great privilege. And so when the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, I'm not saying, oh, look at that. They probably thought Tackett was a goody two-shoes. Well, no, I did my, I did my time of harassing, and, and I'm sure I was a bully in middle school. Until God got a hold of me and changed my life. So I'm no different than anybody else. Reality is this. We all have the lust of the flesh, the pride of life that controls us. But I want you to claim this today. I am His. I am His. Say this with me. I am free. You're no longer held captive to what people have said about you. You're no longer held captive to what the enemy has to say about you. You are no longer held captive to whatever happened in your life. You are no longer held captive to what took place 25 years ago. You are no longer held captive because of health issues. You are no longer held captive because of what somebody said in your workplace. You are no longer held captive because of a crappy husband that you had or a crappy wife that you had. You are no longer held captive because things didn't work out the way that you or others thought they should. You are free, 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 free in Jesus. Because God loves you and He cares for you. The Bible says you are highly valued. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. So we end today. And I'll move in next week. I'll give you my other points about being bold. And I could tell you about 50 different stories because you could probably share 50 different stories as well. But I want you to know that when you start to feel like you're losing your salt and the flavor goes away, so when you stand up and say, oh man, I have flavor. And there it is. <laughs> I'm serious. And to know that God loves you. That's what it's about. But if the salt has lost its savor, well, what shall be salted? It shall be salted because each and every one of you pour into everybody else's life. That's what it's about. That's the love of Christ. That's the love of God. And you are loved. You are rising above. Church, this place is in the midst of a revival. Things are taking place that you don't even know or are aware of. But God is moving. And, and I am thankful that we all get to be a part of His great plan for our lives. So take your tragedy and turn it into triumph. Amen? And as you do that, 
you'll start to see God use you in ways you never thought imaginable. Let us all stand. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you that, Lord, we can come before you. And thank you, Father, that we realize that man's rejection is your protection. And I know that even in my own life that the things that people have said and, and the situations, God, I'm just the person that you created me to be. No more, no less. But I guess the key, God, is that we surrender to whatever it is you have for our life. I will not fear what man shall say about me, for I am a child of God. I will not fear what Satan may try to do to me, for I am a child of God. I will not fear what others do, think, say about me, for I'm a child of the Most High. Father God, if there's somebody here that, that has never let go of the fear and the anxiety and the rejection, Father, I pray that you'll start to work in their lives today. They've never accepted you as Lord and Savior. May they come to, to know you as Lord and Savior. God, help us to start to become the majority and not the minority. Help us to stand strong and in the power of your might. Lord, help us to surrender our lives to you, not just in part, but in whole. And Father, I pray that you will take our tragedy and turn it into triumph. Use us, mold us, and reshape us. And all God's people said.